0: Hey you guys, I am not in my bow tie, I am in Iowa visiting my mom, so you're getting me in my natural form. I am so excited today because I have got a guest who you might know as Alpha M. He is YouTube superstar Aaron Marino. Aaron started his YouTube channel that grew into a mini empire. He's on the show today talking all about style, how he built his business, and true answers really about his life. Stay tuned. This is Aaron Marino.
1: Aaron Marino is here on the catswalk welcome Aaron Joe thank you so much for having me thank you for dealing with me this is like the second time we've tried to do this and uh I was so looking forward to talking to you I've watched and listened to a lot of your other podcasts and um and I'm just really pleased to be here and, and just so thankful that you would not uh dismiss me after my f- momentary uh flake out last time <laughs> oh no I mean
0: we have too much to talk about I want to understand this whole world that Aaron Aaron Marino lives in. I mean, you've built a little mini empire that I want to learn all about. And it's like, it's just fascinating. And I find you so, you know, I've watched your videos and I look at all the things and I just, I, you know, sometimes I look at it and I go, wow, you're so honest. And so it's like, if I were to call a friend and be like, hey, can I just tell you what's going on right now? That's what you do in front of the camera with your your audience, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. That was, you know, it's funny because that's really when, um when I first started YouTube, it was back in 2008. And so this was a long time ago. It was before... Really, anybody had any clue that you could make you know a living at this, or that it was you know I, I didn't even know really what it was. I I I got kicked off a reality show uh, called Glam God with Vivica Fox off of VH1. Oh. You want to talk about a train wreck? Like like VH1 shows are pretty bad. <laughs> this one was bad for VH1s for wow. VH1 standard. I was kicked off first from this reality show, and I was I remember like it was yesterday sitting at the airport thinking, all right, my wife gave me a video camera. It's at home. I haven't opened the box and literally a year. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make videos and put it on YouTube, not knowing really what YouTube was. And so when, uh, when I started posting videos, you know, I sort of, you know, I, I posted a few videos like, hi, I'm Aaron Marino. I was all dressed up. I thought I needed to look like an image consultant. And so I had like these, I went to JC Penney's and bought like a bunch <laughs> of like jackets that were too big. I'd like be, I was like, Hey, I know how to tie like a double Windsor, or not. There is no such thing as double, a Windsor, knot. not. And yeah. so I was like, "Oh, I look like, you know, I look like an image consultant. And so I started posting videos and, um, and i didn't really know what i was doing at all and this was early days and so i was looking at other people that were that were popular on the platform and everybody was really like kind of rude and crude and and it was very it was kind of like the wild west back then yeah. and um and so i thought that's what i needed to do and so i started you know actually you know trying to be kind of a little bit outrageous and and what i came to realize is when i just dropped the act and got authentic and just sort of honest that's when sort of everything felt right to me doing it. And, and, um, my audience also, I, I guess, seemed to respond to that. And so, yeah, honesty's kind of been my thing. <laughs> so,
0: wow. That's so. That's a long
1: way to, that's a long way for me to, to, uh, say, yes, you're right. I am honest <laughs> on these videos. Yeah,
0: no, I just, I find it so intriguing, but when you said VH1 and Vivica Fox, so what was your role in the show?
1: Okay, so it was a styling show. Basically, they cast all these, these stylists to come oh. on and compete for you know, the title of Glam God. And oh. um and so what happened was I was an image consultant working with men at the time. I had a, a fitness center that failed, uh, but I was always really into like style. And so I um, was like, okay, so I'm bankrupt. What do I do now? Uh, what can I do with very little money? And so I started an image consulting firm and so I was always looking for opportunities, like, okay, how can I get on TV? Because I figured, okay, that's gonna be the reason or how I'm gonna, you know, make it big in, in, in this world. And so I saw a Craigslist ad for a reality show casting, and it was for people with that, you know, like style or or something to that effect. And um, and so once I realized that it was for a, a show that was gonna focus on women, I actually started teaching myself makeup and all sorts of things to change. Try to you know learn and act, and I I kind of lied my way onto that that show, saying, oh no, yeah, I work with all sorts of women, and I'm you know uh uh. uh Did uh, you do makeup and stuff? I didn't get to that point because oh. I got kicked off too early. Oh.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> but uh. I was I was definitely uh out of out of my element on that show, but um but yeah, it was still it was still fun for the day that I was there before I got excommunicated from VH1. I was definitely not the glam God, not that season. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) So then you got on that show, which is a, it's a big deal. I mean, you got on a VH1 show that's, you know, and so then after that, then you decided you were going to just start videotaping yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a video camera. I'm an only child with a big mouth. So what do you do? You, you figure <laughs> out a way to, you know, film yourself and, and put yourself on YouTube. And that's kind of what I did without any expectation or with any, without any, um, really knowing what, what I was doing or what I was getting, getting involved in. And, um, the rest is kind of history. I, I got, I remember posting my first video and it was just introducing myself. I was standing in my, my little, you know, office and, uh, I introduced myself. Hi, I'm Aaron. I'm an image consultant from Alpha M Image Consulting. And I want to be here to answer any of your style questions. Well, I got a question from a guy who was like, hey, I'm a bigger dude. What do I wear? And it was like that moment that I was hooked. It's like, okay, I think for my life, I was really like kind of searching for that that outlet and, and a feeling of like, you know, worth and validation. And when I got that first question, it was like, okay, like people actually care about what I'm saying. And so that was like, it was like, that was it for me. And, um, you know, I've been going strong ever since.
0: And this was in 2008, you started. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And then, um, and then from there, you just started posting videos, but were you working another gig or were you doing Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. 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 I was personal training. That was how I was making really my my money. I was also doing uh, some some image consulting on the side. This was back in 2006 and seven when um, I you know, you could advertise on Google for a relatively affordable price per click or acquisition you know, $8, you bid on, you know, men's style consultant or men's image consulting. I was, I was bidding, you know, $3, $5 and actually getting clients from around the country that would fly in for the day. And I would take them shopping. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would pay you for a day? Yeah. And they would fly to Atlanta? They would fly to Atlanta and um, I would, I would take them shopping. I would take them to get their hair cut. And, um, you know, a lot of them were were recently single guys that that were wanted help with like their dating profile pictures. And and so that's kind of the the niche I kind of found myself in. It was right around the time when like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy was 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 sort of taking off. And at the time, there really wasn't much in terms of men's style on the Internet other than, you know, GQ and Esquire. And so I I started posting, you know, things I didn't know a whole lot, but I kind of you know, faked it enough to, to convince people that I did. And, and so learned along the way and you fake it till you make it kind of thing.
0: And so what did you do? Did you just set up a camera and that was before like phones that were really high tech,
1: right? Oh no, no, it wasn't a phone. Yeah. It was, it was a really low resolution video camera, um, that had a little, you know, card in it. And I had to I didn't know how to edit. And so I would just record and, and I would have to met if I messed up, I'd have to start all over again. And so my videos would be like two minutes or three minutes. And um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, and so that's kind of how it all started.
0: And so you would get a lot of clients from Google from putting clicks out there. And then, so that in training is how you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Personal training. I, and that was really the, the majority of, of what I would do Monday through Friday. And then on weekends, I would typically have like a client, a few, few weekends a a month. And, and it was amazing because I was, I was charging $1,200 for the day. And this was more money than I had ever, you know, made (laughs) for the most part. And um, it was, it was amazing. I'm like, somebody's going to pay me $1,200 to take them shopping for the day. Like it just like, it totally just blew my mind. And so yeah, it was great while, while, while I did it. And then I tried doing a few information products knowing that, okay, now I've got this audience on YouTube. A lot of guys can't afford to fly in or or spend the day with me. How can I help them? And how can I sort of make a business out of that? And so I started trying to do like the virtual training, virtual, style consultant. But I I really didn't enjoy that very much. And it was very, very difficult for me. I'm not, as you can tell, a a tech savvy individual. And so it was a little bit challenging for me.
0: (laughs) So today, can somebody fly into Atlanta and book a time with you?
1: No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no I'm t- unfortunately, not yeah, not anymore. Um, I had to give that up. And, and even though I love doing that, so, so what I do in, in sort of in lieu of that is something called the Alpha M Project, where I actually will, will put out an audition for my audience to submit sort of audition videos. Hey, give me a one minute video, why you need a makeover. And and I will basically go to my sponsors and say, Hey, you know, I need, I need X number of dollars and I'm going to do this this project where we'll do five episodes have five guys fly in um, all expense paid I'll take them shopping I'll buy they'll get like a $2500 wardrobe budget we go shopping we do a little makeover I take them to the hair salon get their hair done and um and and film it and so it's it's one of the things that I love doing but with covid that kind of yeah. put a put a put a damper on on things
0: but I, I'm surprised because I mean, if you make twelve, fifteen hundred dollars a pop, but you've got so much going on with your online that it it's prohibitive for your time then,
1: yeah, I like so. With YouTube and and all my videos now are sponsored, so I will have a sponsor for the videos. And so, in terms of a a what you make per sponsorship and how long it takes, and versus spending all day with yeah. somebody taking up your whole day. Not to mention, I have I have some internet businesses, and and it, the internet kind of will will warp your perception of a dollar. And if you figure out a, a way to actually convert, you know, a, a sale by you you know, just advertising online, it's, it's the internet, the internet is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. And so, Oh, you mean you get
0: spoiled with the amount of money that you can make?
1: It's, it's not spoiled. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, you, you can, it's, it just changes your perspective of how hard it is to actually make a dollar. Like I, I remember for me, uh, when I was personal training, you know, to make twelve hundred dollars, I would have to train like like twenty or thirty sessions right. in order to make that, right? Thirty hours yeah. for, you know, twelve hundred dollars or whatever it meant was. Or maybe it was like nine hundred and sixty dollars. I'm trying to remember. But um and so then then the style consulting, that like kinda changed my perception. Right. And then once you figure out, you know, if you have an audience on online, you know, that that changes things again. And so
0: can i ask um and you don't have to answer but i'm just curious because i think a lot of people are but i've watched your videos and i know you say oh i kind of get uncomfortable about money and talking about some of that stuff totally, <laughs> totally but yeah. here it goes okay no, so um but like when you say if you say 1200 dollars you know for one day of styling let's say before the days of Aaron Marino today with 6 million followers, let's say the days of a million followers, what are we talking about? If it can, like if we did one day, if an ad, something like that sponsored. Is so sponsorship? You know, yeah. Um,
1: you know, it's anywhere between just the like around $20,000. Okay. So the difference between, you know, $20,000 for a sponsorship you know it's it's big it's it's a lot of money right and so obviously and so you know that's what it that's what it could be i mean and depending on your audience depending on your conversion rate depending on a lot of different factors um you know it it can go up it can go down uh, i mean you know it's not really necessarily about how many subscribers you have it's more about how effective you are at talking about a product and then driving people to you know, a landing page or a link in order to, you know, get them excited enough to go check it out and, and, and actually, you know, check out the products.
0: Does it make you feel a little bit, I just noticed when I asked you and you said (laughs) $20,000, does it make you feel a little like awkward or uncomfortable or no?
1: Uh, yeah, totally. It makes me, it makes me uncomfortable talking about it, I guess, just because it's something that I'm a, I come from an, an Italian you know, a poor Italian family that, that has so much guilt around everything we do, right? Everything. Like, <laughs> I come are, from
0: a very Jewish. Yeah, Jewish yeah. and Italian. Very similar. Yeah. So
1: Mike that works with me, Pete and Pedro, he's he's Jewish. My two best friends, Terry and Brian from high school, brothers Jewish. So like the, the Jews and Italians are super similar yeah. in terms of, of the neuroses and also right. this like feeling of like, you know, this like guilt, right? And Like so, that
0: you're saying I can get $20,000 a month. Like who are you? Or no, you no, no, what, no, no. no.
1: No, like, no, not like that. Not at all. No, it's, it's, it's a guilt where it's so hard to really, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just money is one of those things where I've always shied away from, from discussing it. It was one of those weird. So I was, I was, uh, I did an interview with Kevin O'Leary and Kevin O'Leary, you know, dove right into money. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's just a topic that, I don't know. I just, I, I know that it's sexy, right? I know that a lot of people online, especially in the entrepreneurial world, Mm -hmm. they are very excited to tell you about how much money they make, Mm -hmm. right? And that's kind of like their thing. There, There are a lot of people that, you know, will will lead with that in order to sell their, their product or their service or whatever it is to teach you how to do what I'm doing. When the truth is they've never done anything other than create a course in order to convince you that they can teach you how to do what Uh, they do. Right. And so, um, yeah. And so it's, uh, it's one of those things where I've just always been uncomfortable talking about money. (laughs)
0: So So when you say you come from a poor Italian family, so when you say $20,000, does that, what does that make you feel? No,
1: it makes me feel it, it, (laughs) 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 I, I <laughs> 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 we're getting up close and personal yeah, here, Marino. We, we
0: want to know. Uh, am,
1: I, am I sweating? No, um, you're fine. No, what is, it? what is it? It makes me feel very, 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 very fortunate. You know, I know yeah. that, you know, there are a lot of people out there that work much harder than I do. And it's just one of those things where I'm, I feel very fortunate that I found something that I really love doing, that I, I can support myself. I can support mm-hmm. a lot of people that work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I'm just fortunate. And the other thing is, I don't know how long this will last. I mean, you know, 13 years ago, I was driving a beer cart at a country club um, to put gas in my car because I was filing bankruptcy because my dream had just collapsed around me and I didn't have a plan B. And so I am ultra aware of the fact that I am in a very fortunate position. And every day I get up and say the same thing to myself and that's don't fuck it up today. <laughs> and, and so far, you know, 13 years later, I've, I've been you know, doing my best. Some days I come close and I've got a lot of people around me that, that are sort of my barometers of, of don't say that (laughs) because, you know, in, in this world, I mean, you know, this cancel culture, you know, you say one thing or make one wrong move or piss the wrong person off, you know, it's kind of like, you know, people are very, people really like to see successful people fall and fail. And which is kinda weird, right? And and that it's kinda is sad. Weird. It is like, like
0: I would wanna see somebody so successful that you go, Oh my god, I'd love to have what he has. But I guess if I'm a jealous person and feel like I can't do it, then I wanna see you fall, I guess, maybe yeah. psychologically. I don't know.
1: I'm not sure, Joe, but it's uh, it's one of those things that I am ultra aware of and who knows how long this ride'll last. I'm just gonna do the best job I can until till it's time to get off the wave and and hopefully I'll be uh, self-aware enough to know that it's time to take a take a take a bow.
0: So, what is the? So, is there a plan B right now? No, nothing.
1: I'm not good at plan Bs. I'm not that smart either. And so, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm well, not getting. You get seem anything. to be doing pretty good. I mean, I think you're being honest.
1: I'm I'm a I'm a I'm an opportunist, and um, you know, once you fail as bad as I failed with my my, my fitness center you know the 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 idea that you're going to try something and it just doesn't work out it doesn't scare you as much as it used to you know mm-hmm. so i think that everybody needs to get that failure kind of like out of the way honestly and then and when you do it it allows you to sort of you know, be more brave in, in actions that you take and thoughts that you have and, and you know, almost like a belief in yourself. Like, okay, I'm still here. I'm fine. You know, it sucks because failing sucks regardless of mm-hmm. when it happens or how big it happens. But when it happens, you know, as long as you keep going and try something else, it's it's hopefully going to figure itself out and get better.
0: Yeah. And so what would you say to somebody that is like, you know, I want to get into this. You know, I want to do what Aaron Marino is doing. Look at how successful he is. I know it took him a long time. I want to do something like that. But it's so, you know, there's so many people out there. There's so many things. How can I separate myself? How could I how could I be an Aaron Marino too? Or, you know, <laughs> what, what would you say to them?
1: What I would say is, is you, you, what are the, what is the, is it Wayne Gretzky, Gretzky, who said something to the effect of you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So what I would say is, you know, yes, there, there, there's a lot, right. It's very noisy out there. Mm-hmm. When I started, one of the reasons why I'm successful and why I became, you know, fairly popular is because I was literally the first person and it's not Uh that I was great at it. It was that I, you know, was the first person to kind of start talking about this. And so what I've, what I've seen is, is a lot of these, you know, people that are just starting really, really explode because they're offering their unique perspective. You know, you know, the people that don't succeed are people that try to emulate or copy Uh a style or a format. But if you're just you and you bring a unique perspective, you will find your audience, or I should say your audience will find you. And, and it's something where you can't force it, but you just need to be true to yourself and, and your message and, and give it a try. What happens? I mean, what's the worst thing? You know, I don't fear failure as much as I do regret. And so give it a shot. If it works, it works, but give it time because that's the other thing. A lot of people expect immediate results. And this isn't a, it took me seven years to get my seven or eight years. No, it took me nine years to get my first million subscribers. Oh, to get to 1 million. Yeah. It took me nine years. And so everybody's like, yeah. And then I got the next million in like, you know, six months. And so it was one of those things where, and for the first five years, I didn't make a a really any money off of, off of YouTube. I didn't have any sponsorships or I was just putting out content because I enjoyed doing it. I had a, a passion to help people And so, you know, I think that's one of the other things that really sort of has changed the industry a little bit. Now everybody knows, you know, oh, well, if you're popular, you can, you know, make money at at YouTube or whatever the platform is, Mm -hmm. being a quote-unquote influencer. Um, You know, and I think that when you go at it with that mentality of I'm going to make money and I'm going to make this a business— it's a little bit trickier just because people can really kind of tell, I think. Mm -hmm. They're so used to seeing sort of the sales pitch. They're used to seeing the people that are trying to sell them stuff. But what will never go out of style is just an authenticity that that you are there just to share your perspective and opinion and whatever happens, happens. And so I think that if you're going to go into something like this, you know, start there, start with, I'm just going to see if I enjoy it and if people like what I have to say and, and then go from there. You'll, you'll figure out a way how to monetize it. Once you figure out your message and just the consistency of putting out content.
0: It's interesting because I was just reading on CNN today, uh, a guy on TikTok. I think he's like 20 something has 30 million followers. And now is like, has a partnership with Louis Vuitton and he did it in a year and a half. I'm like, that's incredible. Like, it's, it's like, there's no formula, it feels like, you know, for the success, you know? No, and TikTok's
1: a different animal. And, and it's, I mean, all of the different platforms have their, their, their pros and their cons, but yeah, TikTok is one of the ones where it's, it's a little bit, not easier, but it's easier to, to sort of grow, I think, on that platform as opposed to a YouTube, but a YouTube is, is facilitating newer creators and really trying to, um, you know, facilitate and and help them grow. And a little, little hack, (laughs) I'll tell you, everybody always asks, well, what's a tip for somebody starting a a YouTube channel in order to grow? So Mm -hmm. what I would do is if you have a niche or you've got a genre that you're going into, look at the other people that are in your space or your genre. Mm -hmm. If there are most of the time, there is somebody in your space at this stage of the game and look at what their most popular, like three videos are. You can sort and filter videos Mm -hmm. for people by, by most popular. Mm -hmm. Do your version of those topics, not necessarily copy them per se, but you know that people are searching or have been interested in those. And so that's a, that's a way to. You know, it's kind of like hack the system a little bit because YouTube will show your content typically a little bit. If, if it's a newer video, they like new videos, they like new creators. And so that's mm-hmm. a way to grow a little bit faster than I did.
0: <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So go in and find the most popular in that category that, yeah. that you want to focus in on. And then would you say, so is your primary focus, who is your demographic? Who do you speak to? I know it's primarily men, right?
1: Yeah, men, it's changed over the years, but it's men. Like 98% of my audience are men between the ages of like 18 and 40.
0: Okay. And what do they come to you for primarily? Is it is it style? Is it personal? Because I see you talk about dating. You talk yeah, about yeah, your yeah. fitness. You talk about your life. You know, what do they primarily come
1: for? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out, Joe. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's, it's you know, when I started, it was just style. And then it went into grooming. And then it was, you know, uh, dating and relationships. And really, I can talk about anything I, I call men's lifestyle. And so mm-hmm. it opens me up to just talk about anything that maybe I'm curious about, or I think that, you know, my guys might be interested in.
0: What was your most, what are your most top three, most popular videos?
1: How to cut your own hair. I filmed that last year when COVID hit that, like just Blew exploded. Up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one, um, I, that, be- because I, I grew up and I cut my own hair for so long, that is one of the unique skills that I have. You really <laughs> is- cut your own hair now? Um, I don't now because I, I, I yeah. own a hair salon. <laughs> oh, you own a hair salon? Oy, yeah. oy.
0: Aaron um, Marina, we got to get to all this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. So, so, but you taught him how to cut your own hair.
1: Yeah, I, I did. Uh, that was one of my earliest videos on YouTube that really got popular. And okay. so when COVID hit, I'm like, you know what, let me do another. Well, let me update this and see if yeah. I still got the skills. And and that one was popular. Uh, tattooed Don'ts was another popular oh. one. Um, How to Flirt Without Being Creepy is another one that was pretty popular.
0: <laughs> and are these things tattooed don'ts? This is your, fe- this is, Aaron Marino's feeling. Totally your opinion. Totally my opinion. It's not like a universal. This is kind of this is just Aaron Marino's opinion.
1: This is my very opinionated opinion. Yes. (laughs) And people
0: like your very opinionated opinion.
1: And they don't as well. So there's two edges of that sword for sure.
0: Why do you get because I see in a lot of social that people will come in with comments that are negative or things like that. How do you deal with that?
1: I'm not sure you you try to tune it out. I haven't figured out, you know fourteen years in how to not allow it to bother me. It still bothers me to this day. I it try does. not to yeah, I mean, oh yeah, absolutely um you know because I, I joke with people or I say, you know, on the internet it is it is it is pretty brutal. You could literally be teaching blind kittens to read and somebody would have yeah. a problem with it or something <laughs> to say about it. and so for me, it's just never been you know when i I was I was always a pretty secure guy, you know, but YouTube and putting yourself out there, you know, I have insecurities now that I never had before because people have pointed them out so many times like, oh, I didn't even realize I should be insecure about that. Apparently I should be. And so you deal with it. It's it's it doesn't come without its negatives. And that's something else that you should be aware of. If you are going to go into this line of work, just be aware that that it's not all roses and sponsorships. There right. is definitely a a level of, of just like horrible people out there. There are some horrible people out there that just live to try to hurt your feelings or tear you down, regardless of how pure or honest your intentions are.
0: What are some of the um, things you feel insecure about? <laughs> What am I insecure about now? No, or uh, that they that they pointed out that you're like, oh, no, God, I didn't like, realize that. I have,
1: a, I have a birthmark in my eye.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a birthmark. And people talk about that.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I make a joke about it. But I'm not really insecure about that. But I'm just saying, like, um, you know, it's—
0: It's just stuff. Yeah. Well, one of
1: the things that—OK, that, okay, so I— uh, so the, the, my, the name of my channel is Alpha M, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think about an alpha male, I am right. definitely not him. You don't think so? No, 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 no. Well, I don't know, Joe. I it's, see. It's- now,
0: looking at you, I go, yeah, you you come out as like, hey, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do it like this. We're going to. And that's what I think of like an alpha. But you yeah, tell me. No, 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 Okay, no. Okay.
1: No, I was no, wrong. no, 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 no. So I, I would, I'm definitely not. I am a, a smaller guy. I'm five foot six and a half. I got a high voice. I got pointy ears. I pluck my eyebrows. I wear earrings. I I'm just I'm not what society would deem an alpha male. And so but the reason why my channel was was called Alpha M was because I had an image consulting firm that was called Alpha M Image Consulting. And so when at the time I was trying to create a name for that it was okay, I want a name that says like male But not like king of the jungle consulting. And so I was like, instead of alpha male, let's do a little more stylized alpha M. Now, you know, with everything that's going on, you know, alpha male is definitely something that is that is um, not (laughs) not loved by everybody. (laughs) And so, Uh, yeah, it's good, though. I don't I don't care. Yeah, no. I mean,
0: isn't it interesting because different perspectives see you in a different way. So somebody might say no to Alpha M for you, but when I look at you, I go, oh, yeah, I can see that, you know, so <laughs> so there you well, go. thanks, Joe. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I feel better now. I'm Anne-Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big,
1: digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can
0: make the most of the time we have. So meet me here. Let's walk and talk and dream
1: and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave.
0: So, you know, you talked about growing up poor, Can you tell us just a little bit, like, I think it's always good for people to understand a perspective of where you came from. What was it like growing up for you? And was it a struggle?
1: Mm, In terms of emotionally, yeah. Financially, yeah. Um, You know, in terms of how, okay, so how financially strapped were we? You know, well, my earliest childhood memory is... I, we I got robbed. Like we're, I remember I was like two years old. It's my earliest childhood memory, waking up and looking in the living room and seeing somebody stealing my TV. That's my earliest childhood memory. We're living wow. in center city, Philadelphia. Um, my dad was going to school. My parents were literally 19 and 20. So, oh, you know, wow. it was, it was, it was a struggle. And yeah. so, you know, food stamps and, and all of that. And, um, just never had much money. I remember when I was uh, 12 years old, asking my mom for a dollar 25 to go get a piece of pizza with my buddy And um, and we didn't have an extra dollar and twenty five cents to spare that I could go get a piece of pizza. And, you know, so, you know, things were things were not amazing in terms of financially, but it was okay. You know, in terms of emotionally, I had a few abusive stepfathers. And so they did a number on me. And that's why I at at 12 years old, I asked for a gym membership, because I watched the movie Rocky, I think it was like Rocky four. And I was like, Oh, you know, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to lift weights. And, and so, um, so I asked my mom for a a gym membership for Christmas. And then that was kind of like when I found sort of myself, my confidence and my my passion, what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And so, uh, but, you know, when you grow up and you have, you know, emotionally abusive people in your life, especially as a little kid, it really does a number on you. And in terms of your self-esteem and your ability to sort of speak up. And so for me, um, I lost my ability to sort of stand up for myself. And so when I was, I think it was like 24, 25, I, I knew that I needed to fix this. And so I sought counseling and, and therapy and, and sort of worked through some of my issues that I was having. And so, you know, how was it growing up? <laughs> That's how. <laughs>
0: Wow. And so you make it sound so easy. You just went to therapy and you're fixed. That's it. Fixed. That's, that's it. it. Come that's on there, Marino. Really?
1: Oh, yeah. That's You know that's how therapy works. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> But doesn't it, I mean, like, that does a number on you to be able to go, um, okay, like, how do I proceed in my life? And it doesn't seem like you lost your voice. Like, I mean, you have a voice and you have an opinion and that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But the problem was you have to, I had to change like everything about like sort of. In order for me to get out of that that feeling of not being able to like stand up for myself there are people in my life that I needed to basically remove uh-huh. in order to, and and change sort of my cuz I would have never been able to stand up for myself if I had stayed in some of the relationships if I continued to work at the place that I was because uh-huh. there was this weird power dynamic and so for me it was about really shifting not only my mindset but um but my but my but my actual you know life I needed to change in order to Kind of like press the hard reset.
0: Yeah. What, what advice would you give to somebody that goes, you know what, I've been through similar stuff. You know, how do I get my voice or how do I be able to to, to, have the confidence, you know, to to kind of keep going?
1: Yeah, it's, it's something where, I don't know who said it, but it's uh, therapy is a gift you give yourself. And I would definitely seek it out. And the beautiful thing is that there are amazing resources out there um, like there never have been before. The internet has made a lot of things mm-hmm. great, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, therapy is one of those things. You know, there's a, a resource that I love called BetterHelp that, um, that, has you know you can basically go on and and fill out the questionnaire talk about your issues and they will connect you with a counselor and there's even like financial aid available so literally if you want help it's out there you Mm -hmm. just need to seek it and then and then work through it you know finding a good therapist is kind of like dating right you got to date a few different people in order to find somebody that's right for you and and therapy is is one of those things that you just need to you know Trust the system, but you've got to work it. You know, it's not gonna just come to you. You've got to be willing to put in the time and the legwork in order to make it make it beneficial. And for you to realize, you know, you know, hey, I wanna be happy. And that's really the thing that you need to decide, Joe, is you've just gotta decide that you wanna be happy. And if that's it, if if that is the ultimate goal, then you need to do whatever's in your power in order to make that happen. And a lot of times you know, you've got to deal with the issues. It doesn't mean that you're ever going to get over it. It doesn't mean that mm. you're going to, you know, I, I, I say that, you know, oftentimes, unfortunately, we are collateral damage in other people's shit, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not that other people are purposely hurting you or, or being mean to you. It's them dealing with life the way that they're dealing with it. And you're just collateral damage. And so understanding that and, and being able to decide that you want to forgive. Nobody else can do the work for you. And, and um, you know, when you kind of decide that and, and sort of make the decision, all right, I want to be happy. What do I need in order to do that? And who do I need to basically forgive and allow to be human? Because people do the best job they can oftentimes. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we are, like I said, the the, uh, the byproduct or the, the damage that comes out of other people trying to work through their shit.
0: Mm-hmm. What kind of therapy, did you have a certain kind of therapy that helped you?
1: Just talking,
0: just talking just talk and therapy. just,
1: just talk therapy is really all it was. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine who is also an influencer and he's getting into sort of the whole, the, uh, hallucinogenic therapy. Oh. That's like, that's, they're starting to do some really deep stuff yeah. where, yeah. um, you know, a lot of times we have these, these walls, you know, I have literally blocked out five years of my life. I don't remember, and I have no memory from living with my second stepfather, like zero memory. How old were you? Uh, probably, I guess I was around, I don't know, like six to around 11. I don't have any like memory of that point in my life. I mean, do and you want to try to remember? Nope. You I have no desire. <laughs> You're good. Your mind is amazing in what it can block out. And well, so but figured,
0: sometimes, but sometimes I think like if you do block it out, yeah. we hold things in our. I was interviewing Fran Drescher, actually the nanny, you know, mm-hmm. and she I was saw. talking about how she went through trauma in her life, and she feels like it kind of stayed in her body till she dealt with it. So that's yeah. why I was just curious when you say that, like from six to eleven, yeah. But maybe you don't need to. Maybe yeah, that's, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good yeah. with
1: that. Well, but but the person that I was. I was talking about, he started using, you know, um, some of the, you know, the the hallucinogenics combined with a therapist, somebody who knows mm-hmm. what they're doing and how to handle that. And he uncovered all sorts of things that he had totally repressed, like being molested and, and you know, some real serious things that that he all of a sudden is like, okay, now it's making sense. Like, so you really just need to figure out what's going to work for you and, and figure out how you need to go about doing that. But There are a lot of different resources out there and different therapies for different people. And and it's about, you know, just deciding that you want to be happy and then exploring and going to the end of the world in order or the end of the earth in order to figure out how to make that happen.
0: I like that, though. Really, it could be boiled down to being that simple that like you can you just want to be happy, basically, like the goal of just really trying and wanting and, and that type of thing. I do want to ask you about um, your businesses, because I find that so interesting and in how they came about, because you have Pete and Pedro. You were on Shark Tank about that. Um, you have Envy eyeglasses. Enemy. Yep. Enemy, enemy, not Envy. Uh, enemy. Hello. Uh, enemy sunglasses. Yes. There's so many different things. So how did these all start out in, in Pete and Pedro? How did that come about?
1: Yeah. So um, so just to run my businesses. So I have uh, the the YouTube channel. I've got Pete and Pedro, which is my men's grooming hair care company uh-huh. that I was on Shark Tank for that. Um, I have an enemy sunglass company. I've got a skincare company called Tish Hanley, an advertising agency called Men Influential Media, um, and then uh, recently started a, a a business with some friends to invest in other small businesses called Area Six Two Seven to facilitate and, and invest in, in small bootstrap businesses. And so yeah, so I like I said I'm a creature of opportunity, and so all my businesses kind of happen by accident or just out of curiosity to see if I could do something. And so. When I was, um, I was on Shark Tank twice. The first time I was on, it was for what is called the Alpha M style system. I developed a method of teaching guys how to dress that was formula-based and picture-based. It's kind of like Garanimals for adults. And, um, and so I went on to Shark Tank and they hated the idea. They hated the fact that it was DVDs (laughs) that I was doing. They hated the fact that it was $297 an information product. And so... Um, when I left, I, I was kind of bummed out, but I was like, oh, I'm going to sell a gazillion of them. I'm going to be super rich by the time shark tank airs. And the night shark tank aired, I literally sold one (gasps) style system and I was gutted. And, uh, but you know, it's like, all right, well, this wasn't right. What's next. And so I'd always really been into hair care products and styling products. And so I was frustrated that, that, a lot of the lines would have like one or two good products, but they wouldn't have like the complete like line of, of Mm -hmm. great products. Mm -hmm. And so I went to a a stylist that I was really good friends with. I said, Hey, do you have any connections to any labs that make hair products? And he gave me a few phone numbers and I ended up sourcing, um, some, some like five or six hairstyling products and creating the line Pete and Pedro, which has expanded to not only hair now, but, but body products, you know, shave products, um, tools, things of that nature. And then uh, about four years ago, actually four years ago, um, I started a, I met some guys that were wanting to do a skincare company. Skincare is always something that I've also been very interested in. And we came together and formed the company Tiege Hanley, which is a monthly men's um, subscription skincare system company. And um, then advertising agency kind of happened because I was tired of trying to sell my own advertising. and And my buddy from, my best friend from high school, Terry, came to my family reunion and, um, he was sort of, he was a car salesman. He was in between mm-hmm. jobs. He was, he was like, not just like a car salesman, he was a great car salesman. And he was a, uh, general manager at a few different, you know, car dealership groups. And so he was out of, out of it for, he he basically left and he was sort of trying to recalibrate, figure out what he wanted to do. The car industry is a brutal industry mm-hmm. for salespeople and it, it just beats you down. And so I said, well, I said, how would you think about maybe trying to sell advertising for me? And, um, he's like, okay, well, yeah, let's, let's try it. I said, okay, well, how much money do you need in order to sort of make all your ends meet a month? He goes, well, probably around $5,000. I'm like, all right, so here's what we'll do. Let's try this for three months. I will commit to $15,000 and, and if it doesn't work, if it's not working, it's not working, and we just got to make sure that we maintain our friendship. And mm-hmm. uh, it was so successful right out of the gate that my my other friend, who was another lifestyle sort of YouTuber, I was like, yeah, he's selling you know the crap out of these 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 ads for me. And he's like, Hey, what do you sell them for me? I'm like, yeah. And so then we came together oh, and, wow. and, um, and started an agency to help our other friends sort of, you know, manage and navigate the world of, of influencer paid advertising. And so we rep now about 40 guys that are similar wow. to, to me.
0: Oh, that are doing exactly kind of similar stuff. Similar, yeah.
1: similar. Yeah. we got car guys, we've got, you know, lifestyle guys, we've got vloggers, we've got Um, you know, beard guys, we've got a few different sort of genres, but they all have a very similar demographic men between the ages of like 18 and like 45. Wow.
0: Interesting. Can I ask you, I mean, what is the volume you do on Pete and Pedro? Volume, like sales volume, because I know sales. I know you talk about the sales doesn't
1: always mean that's what yeah, you yeah. earn. That's not not at all. Yeah, Um us <laughs> talk <laughs> Here about we money go again. Yeah, um, between Pete and Pedro and my skincare company, over twenty million
0: in sales. Yeah. Wow. And what about the sunglasses?
1: Not that much. It's it's oh, a newer startup. It's yeah. We're 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 um you know we're right at around like eighty to ninety thousand a month.
0: That's very still good.
1: Yeah. Who said it wasn't good, Joe? No, I'm
0: sorry, but the, just the way you said it, it's like 89. No, no, no. Like, no. Well, because yeah.
1: it, it, it. You know, it's harder, and so I'm, that's a that's something that I'm still trying to figure out. And so, um, the skincare company is the largest in terms oh, of gross is. revenue. Well, yeah. the gross re- gross revenue that is the largest. Pete and Pedro though is most my most profitable, other than advertising, because I run it differently than the 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 Tiege Hanley is a fast growth business. Pete and Pedro is a life more of a lifestyle business that I really pay attention to my my profit margins and and um you know run it differently than than I do T Shanley.
0: And T Shanley, is that only men's skincare or yeah. do you have women's?
1: Nope, it's only men's skincare. Yeah.
0: And and I have to I can't buy just one product. I have to buy a monthly subscription. No, you
1: you can go to Amazon. We started really kind of doubling down and people really wanted to buy um you know things on Amazon. And and the way that it works, like we give you like a month's worth. So like our exfoliating scrub is, you know, ounces. And we give you an instruction card that shows you exactly when and how much to use, what product, in what order. And so we've taken a lot of the guesswork out of it. Uh, We've got, you know, three different levels, but now we've started to roll out additional products um, in that line. And so, so now like you can, you know, add different products like a body wash or an exfoliating scrub bar to, to your, to your box. And so it's, it's getting more customizable as opposed to a a rigid, you know, structured system like it it used to be.
0: And where else can people buy it? Just on your
1: website? Website and Amazon.
0: Yeah. That's it. Yep. Not in retail stores. Mm-mm.
1: Would you ever do retail? Uh yeah, we we would. We had a call with Target with uh, for for T.J. Hanley. They passed on us because they didn't think that their audience or customers would pay thirty five dollars for a system of skincare, and so they were very they were. They feel like their their customers are more price sensitive than than uh than our because we we were we pitched them like a complete system, like yeah. this is what you get, and it's $35, $45. And they're like, yeah, it's so so they passed on us now. We are considering, you know, going into retail, but it would change our business substantially. Um going on Amazon changed our business. And um, you know, we're still working through growing pains. This past year for companies like like Mine in terms of logistics and packaging and shipping, it's gotten really weird and expensive. And oh, right, shipping- because of
0: COVID, you mean? Oh yeah, or- yeah, 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 yeah. Shipping yeah. Is,
1: is shipping is such right. Like that is that is the biggest headache that you're going to have to try oh, and figure yeah. out if you're somebody that wants to offer a product that you're going to ship places. Um, that's it's a nightmare, and so it's something that's constantly you're trying to figure out. But
0: the best margins is direct to consumer. What mm-hmm. you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: It depends though. It depends on that's a that's a very general blanket statement. It can be, but it's not all the time. Depending on what how you're growing and your customer acquisition cost. Yeah, you know, your margins are better because you're, you know, you're able to offer a higher quality product at a at a better price. But you know, it's if your customer acquisition costs, and like I said, depending on the way that and the manner in which you're trying to grow and scale that business it changes. But you know retail is amazing. Like I have friends that are in retail and they'll do, you know, one purchase order 2 million dollars. But when you go that route, you also lose a lot of control. You also are sort of at the mercy of some of these big box retailers and they can kick you out at any time they want or make you sell through your inventory and and then it's like, okay, well, what now?
0: (laughs) Yeah, or they might have chargebacks for things they want to return or all of that type of thing, which is then can put a, so I guess it depends on, I just feel like my audience might be interested in your entrepreneurial spirit.
1: That is the one thing I I love talking about business and entrepreneurship much more than my my abusive stepfather. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's all part of who it's, are, all, right? it's all part of the story, Joe. I, I get it. I get
0: it. Yeah. Maybe that um, <laughs> strengthened you today and who you are. 100%. But I think, I think how honest you are with your audience and how truthful you are about this stuff, because I knew about that with your stepfather from the research I did is that you're honest about it. You're not hiding it. You know, that's a different culture than I was raised where, where we didn't have as much of that. So you didn't know about people as much. So yeah, and I that's, think that's interesting.
1: And I, and I think that honestly, in, in today's world, world of, of a lot of style over substance. I think that, you know, being, being honest and being vulnerable and allowing people to see sort of past the shiny facade of, of, Mm -hmm. of things I think is, is needed just to, you know, I think people need to connect and that's something. And that's the reason why honestly I, I'm, you know, whatever degree successful I am is because, you know, people connect with me for whatever reason and decided to, to invest in, in the products that I talk about and, and promote.
0: That's great. Um, Any other products that you want to share about with Pete and Pedro that are your top sellers? What is your number one?
1: Number one seller is our Pete and Pedro Putty. It is a uh, high-hold matte product. Incredible. And then our second best seller is the, uh, the sea salt spray, just to add extra texture and volume. It's amazing. Uh, something recently that that I launched was was the Stubble Buddy, a new What's product. It's, it's a little, okay, so you know, you don't have a beard. Well, guys no. with beards like mine, you know, when we trim our beard, the stubble gets everywhere on our sink. Uh-huh. And as a guy's, I will say, making a sweeping generalization, we're not amazing at cleaning up 100% right. of the time. Right. And so this is a little... Uh, Facial hair stubble vacuum that basically vacuums oh. up all of your all of your uh, trimmings. Oh my um, god! Yeah, and so it's pretty cool. So we launched that a, a few months, or actually a month ago, and uh, you know, new product and uh, and it's you know, done I, well. Yeah, it's done well. Well's relative. I mean, yeah, right.
0: right. It, well's
1: relative trying to figure out once again. It's it's you know the overnight success or the the launch of something and it just blowing up. You know, those stories happen, I'm sure, but they haven't happened to me. Then And, and it, everything that I've had to do has just been a grind. Like you've got to, you know, come up with a great product, tr- put it out there in the market, try to figure out a sales mechanism, and then listen to your feedback and the customers because they're going to tell you. And, and that's one of the big mistakes that a lot of entrepreneurs that don't make it make is that they— are very rigid in what they believe their customers want. And when they get the feedback, they don't listen. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got to be able to be nimble enough in your entrepreneurial journey and the products that you're selling to listen to feedback and adjust, you're not going to mm-hmm. get it right the first time most, right. of the, most cases. Right. But you've just got to be not, you've got to be open enough to be able to, to adjust and modify and that's how you know successful entrepreneurs will, will be successful is that they'll listen to the feedback and then adjust to make the product better for the individual. And the other the other last entrepreneurial tip I will give is um, you know if you don't believe in something do not sell it. If you won't use it, if you don't stand behind it, don't sell it because in the world of reviews that is kind of, you know, what we live and die by, right? The peer review. And there's no getting around those these days. And so if you don't believe in something, if it's not right, Change it, fix it, or sell something you do believe in.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. You have beautiful hair, so a lot of people are not as fortunate as you. Do you do anything for guys that have thinner hair?
1: Yeah, of course. What that's is your? Well, is that
0: the sea salt spray?
1: Sea salt spray, and then a lighter product like a, the clay that we sell is a very light clay that adds a little bit of root texture and and volume. We also oh, sell a volume a volumizing shampoo that's amazing for guys that have fine or thin hair. Um, It's packed with biotin and rice protein that kind of goes in and adds weightless volume to the, uh, the hair shaft and the hair strands. And so, Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's all about uh, not using a product that's too heavy Heavy, or oily, like a pomade. A lot of times, you know, guys with thin hair will use like a, something with like a high oil content or, or something that's just too heavy. And Mm -hmm. when you clump the hairs together, it makes your hair look thinner. And so you want something that's light, that's going to add volume with, without actually weighting it down or clumping the hairs together.
0: Your mom must be proud of you.
1: Yeah, of course. (laughs) My mom and dad, I, my dad, I have an amazing relationship with my dad. And, um, you know, your they stepdad. No, 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 my, oh, my dad. My, oh, my, your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, he's always been in my life. Oh. And so, um, no, my dad is is my rock. He's one of my, you know, he's one of my heroes. And so, oh, that's um, awesome. yeah, my mom and, and my dad, they're both both proud of me. Oh, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> I would think. My God. Yeah, I was just thinking not? as you were talking, <laughs> I'm sitting back here as a Jewish mother going, you've done well, Aaron Marino.
1: <laughs> I've done something.
0: <laughs> my last question is, what do you think is the next big thing in like social media or media, what do you think, isn't it? Because we look at TikTok, yeah, yeah. we YouTube, you know, all of these things. What's next?
1: That is the million dollar question, literally, Joe. And I'm not sure, you know, things that aren't going away. Facebook isn't going away. It's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the value of having a Facebook page is like nil compared to what it used to be. Mm-hmm. YouTube is still, I think, a, a, it's a, it's a machine and it's, that's not going anywhere because mm-hmm. that is where most people go for information mm-hmm. and it's, not technically classified as a search engine, but next to next to Google, that is where people go to search the most. And so that's going to still be there. Um, you know, TikTok, you know, is just exploding. I think TikTok is going to morph and change. Over the years, I think it's going to be a little bit more friendly for selling and advertising. I think that is going to be something that they're going to figure out sooner. They're probably already working on. You know, the Twitters, I just... I. I think the, the, the mechanisms that we have or the platforms that we have now that have sort of st- stood the test of time are still going to be there. Uh, but what's next? Who knows? Some, some 12-year-old is developing it in his, in his parents' you know, kitchen right now. And, and we'll know in two, two weeks. Right, right, <laughs> you right. You know, that's the beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. One last question. I promise this is really the last question. What is one thing you would tell somebody that you haven't told anybody? Okay. Cause I know you share a lot. You share a lot. Something you haven't told anybody that you think could help somebody else out in their life.
1: That success doesn't always look like what you hope it will. And what I mean by that is just you know, a lot of times we think that this is sort of the path that we're going to go on and this is the only thing that is going to make us happy and fulfilled. You know, sometimes the universe has different plans for you. Don't be so blinded by your, your your pursuit of of that thing that you think is going to mean happiness for you because sometimes the thing that's going to ultimately change your life and make you the most fulfilled, confident, happy person you've ever imagined yourself to be is actually something that you never dream possible, ever considered, ever considered doing. So just be open to the possibility that success might not knock on your door and deliver you a pizza.
0: Mm, I like it. That's very good. And that could apply to all parts of your life. It could be applied to your personal life, your love life, your business life, your everything. So Everything. Anything. Yeah, that's great. Aaron Marino, you have been so generous with your time. Everybody should go to Alpha M, which is on YouTube. They can, um, there, there's links to all the product pages that we talk to. So there's so much to buy and listen to and watch and learn and that's well, all there. So um, thank you so much for coming. On the show, and uh, it was so great talking to you.
1: Thank you so much, Joe. It was a pleasure. Thanks
0: for listening to the Catswalk. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to executive producer Gerardo Orlando, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Dave Douglas.